want to share first about mm. how how you understood it, how you felt, what were some thoughts that you have, any questions? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm quite curious. Like when you all heard the news, like what were you doing and what was, you know, what was the context in which you received the news? I can share first. Uh, I was in the middle of two tu- tutorials, uh, grading presentations, uh, and yeah, the phone just started ringing nonstop because you know people are WhatsApping, uh, Facebook notifications are there. Uh, you know everything is just exploding lah. Yeah, so it was quite shocking. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, it, it just yeah because I work in the school, right? So. Uh, yeah, it's just, just like not even quite sure whether it's real because it's not something we see, it's not something we encounter often, uh, which I suppose is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, not even sure if it's real or it's fake news, you know, nowadays you don't quite trust what comes on through WhatsApp and all that, right? Yeah. So that was my first kind of reaction. Yeah, exactly. I think very similar to you, right? Sorry, Ray, you were saying... What was that? What was that, Ray? Oh, no. I was going to say, my first reaction was really that of a parent. I was starting to think how how both parents would feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And as a parent myself, I started thinking, wow, I mean, if I were to send my children to school one day, what would happen to them? Like, these mm-hmm. are things that I only hear in happening in America or wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it was a parent side of me that was really shocked. Sorry, why why you're saying something? Yeah, as along the the certain thing, actually very similar to to what Li Ren and yourself have shared. So I I think I also heard that piece of news actually from my husband as well, and I thought he was kidding. <laughs> so I was like, "You sure not? Is it really? Is it really? Is did this really happen?" And then he was like, "It was on it was on TNA, man." And then I was like, "Really?" And then we went to go and start reading, and then we were like, "Holy shit! It really happened." And I think me and my husband started to have a conversation about mm. it. That if let's say it's us, so we are both side of the parents. What are we going to do? So we had a uh, we re- responded in unison. If let's say we are the ones whose boy did not come home because the unfortunate thing happened to him, and I'm just going to give it very raw. Both of us be like we are going to be murderers. So me and my husband we were both be murderers at that point of time. That was the initial reaction that we had. Yeah, and then we were also thinking if let as in murderers as you're gonna murder the boy that murdered your child. Yes, yes. So I, I am the murderer. So I and my husband said that we are going to be the murderers. And then after that, right, I felt so guilty about making that comment because you know you are a social service practitioner, you are a social worker, and then you're like, how can you say such things? Then I was just thinking to myself, you know. So I think that was the that was the guilt that came as well, confusion and guilt. Yeah. Sorry, ah, uh, I just realized that mm. is it I'm lagging or you are lagging. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are lagging or not because when in the, uh, later on when the video and audio is uploaded, it will all be okay. Just don't have to worry. Oh, just so keep powerful. going. Okay. Can yeah. I also interrupt here? How do I yeah. mute? Uh, if not, you can hear him crying. Uh, that's assuming that we want to edit the video, lah. But I mean, uh, uh you can. You, is there a mute on your side? Yes, there's a mute button below. Mm. Uh, really? a mute. Yes. Uh, you can, you can click on your own mic sound mic symbol. Yes. Oh, 
No problem, no problem. Yeah. You know what why why what you just said, right? Really strikes a chord with me. Yeah? Because I think sometimes our reaction to tragedy it can be very different. Some people feel very upset, sad, you know, shocked. Uh, or, or angry, uh, I, and I remember I, I was I was I remember there's this one incident when I was in NS right. One I I happened to be from the year where there was this guy that uh, there was an accident and he he was using the a machine gun and uh, he was jiggling around with the machine gun in the rest area, and it went off and he killed another person, and that I happened to know that guy. He was my schoolmate, and. I remember initial thought of that happening because it was my schoolmate. Uh, but the initial thought that came to unfiltered, uh, this is unfiltered, was oh my god, someone died. I'm the one that 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 did it, you know. And my his life is over, my life is over, everyone's life should be over. I want to go and just take all the rounds, put it in the machine gun, and just spray and kill everyone. And yeah, and then now right then after thinking back, I was like oh my god, how can I be thinking that? And I, I, it, but it didn't cross my mind at that point of time. It's just unfiltered, and and you know the guy, the, my friend who 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 shot Kidet, the other person, he was he was literally punished, mm. uh, and I was punished for thinking that as well. I remember my uh, at a point of time I was going through some army training. The army instructors just literally punished me for that. I had to do some extra PT or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Yeah, mm. but these are very valid. Thoughts, right? Like you, you go through it, and then you, you, when you immediately the news comes and hits you, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's just very unfiltered kind of thoughts that, that reactions that come to to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we need that. We we need to have a space where we can talk about it, mm-hmm. and and share about these uh thoughts, mm-hmm. unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for me also, it was uh, quite a bit of a shock uh, as well. Yeah, because, you know, you you really don't quite imagine it happening uh, in a school in Singapore. Uh, and because it's something that is so rare and we have like so little reference as to what could possibly have happened, right? So your imagination kind of runs wild. Uh, and you you start thinking and imagining all sorts of possible scenarios, lah. Yeah, and of course, as a as a parent with a school going kid, then you know you ask yourself, you know, is he really safe when you drop him off at school every day? Yeah. And what yeah. are the yeah. yeah. So so those are. Yeah. Mm. And I also thought about if let's say mm. my son was the murderer or the person who has committed the the crime, how is it that we will respond? So, actually, I was also just thinking, I mean, thinking out loud, and, and I was talking to my husband very openly about it, that if, let's say, that was the case, I, I would have, I mean, we will have to take responsibility as well. We will still have to be there for him, and we will have to see, actually, what was what was happening. What, mm. what happened? Did we miss out something? Was there something that we didn't notice? Mm. Yeah, so, it's a lot of mixed feeling, and... Yeah, it's it's really it's really law like our title said, trying to make sense of the tragedy, trying to talk mm. about it, trying to mm. understand what has actually happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and it can also be very jarring for uh like for someone who is trying to help another person. Let's say, for example, if you are a social worker or counselor, and one of your students that you are supposed to help comes up to you and says, "Oh, you know, I you know, this guy killed someone. I also want to go and why is it you know if this person can do something like that, why can't I do something like that? I also want to go and do the same thing." How how would you respond? I I think I asked this question earlier, and and Ray, you were sharing about some, uh, some of the the counselors that you were talking to, and how they would handle the situation. <laughs> you got to hit the the mic yes, button. Okay. Now. <laughs> yeah. No, I was sharing that something that I tell my clients. Right. I mean, this is just way before this incident. Is that. Uh, sometimes they want to say mean things to their classmates, like you know, uh, because somebody said something mean about their mother. Okay, I want to go say something about their mother, their father, their grandmother, whoever, yeah. right? So I'll tell them if somebody said this to you, you like or not? You don't like, then you shut up, lah. You know, it's really as simple and crude as what I I said to them, and and they be like, yeah, okay, I so won't like it, so maybe better not. I don't say, yeah. I mean, at that moment, they can say to me, but of course, when emotions are running high. I think that's another different story. That really requires some emotional regulation skills to help you calm down and think before you actually open your mouth and speak. Yeah, it's not yeah. as easy as it is. We just teaching them skills in in the session. There's also a lot of real life constraints the the the, the children are going through lah. So says the mother who's uh trying to calm a baby, a crying yeah. baby. <laughs> Babies don't have emotional regulation skills, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the aftermath of all this, right? Um, you know what? 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 What are your thoughts about like you know why this happened? Or, I mean, just just kind of based on what we, what information we have from the news and all that. You know, any what? What are your thoughts about, you know, this whole incident and how it's affected people, yeah, across the whole spectrum of society. That's a really that's a really deep question and one that's really <laughs> difficult to answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the immediate thought that comes to mind is you know we are a pressure cooker society. Everyone that sends their kids to the school, all the parents, you know, have you have a very common aspiration, very common goal for their kids, which is do as well as you can do in school. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, a part of that thinking is wanting to. Uh, for survival, for doing well, for you know, if you want to get ahead in life, you really have to uh, do well in your academic, mm-hmm. and really put a lot of pressure on on the the child, uh, the the kids to, to perform in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and because of that pressure, I think the kids are really starting. I mean, uh, over a long period of time, the dam's got to break somehow, right? And I think mm-hmm. we're starting to see cracks in in the dam. Uh, and we really have to examine and ask ourselves: Is academic excellence something that we really want to strive for? Uh, can there be excellence in in other dimensions as well, other than just academics? Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, for me, it's been quite a bit of a surprise uh, reading the discourse that has emerged after aftermath of the incident yeah a bit of surprise because i think the discourse has been more macro than i expected it to be 
uh, I, I would have thought, you know, uh, maybe we would be focusing very much on, you know, one individual's uh, mental health, for example. Yeah. Uh, mm. But a lot of the discussions have really been about uh, the systems, uh, mm. whether it's the education system and, you know, pressure cooker and stress. Uh, yeah. Uh, that That's one dimension. But I think also there's been a lot of uh, discourse also about are we sufficiently supporting the mental health of students in, in, in the education system? Uh, and, and has that been, you know, uh, sufficient, uh, has that been enough support for, for students? Yeah, especially given that, the, you know, after, after the, the incident, we read about uh, the perpetrator of the crime and he has, been, he has actually been known to the mental health system for some time. Yeah. yeah. Bye-bye. Hmm. Actually, if you ask me, I was also thinking about how things have changed in school, um, especially in the past one year. Um, mm-hmm. I think like the school life itself has been changing, has been evolving, especially with the COVID-19 safe distancing measures. Mm-hmm. I remember previously when I was a school social worker where you just get to intermingle um, you get to play freely, you get to engage in community mm, activities yeah. in groups. I wonder how mm. much the students are able to do so for the past one year. Yeah, and mm. I think especially when we hear our children coming back, you know, recess time was, you know, the best time. But right now, recess time is confined to sitting at one table. Um, mm. You can't do anything, you can't play, you can't explore because oh of the intermingling. Yeah. So you're just sitting there and eating and my son is just like, Mama, can you just bring a lot, a lot of food? I really got nothing to do. We cannot talk, mm. we cannot mingle with our friends. I tried to find teacher, mm. but you know, I will get scolded. So I'm just imagining if if primary school is like that, what more secondary school? And I remember secondary school, mm. you get to play basketball, you get to do this, you get to, yeah. play, you get to mingle in, in, in school. At recess then. time, right? Yeah. It's one of the fun, most fun times of my, my secondary yeah. school time. Mm. Yeah, and I think recess is just one component, right? Like, what about during the lesson time? What, what has ha- happened and what has changed? Yeah, so I, I think on top of the, mm. the academic mm. expectations, on top of like COVID, on top of like, you know, parental expectations, on top of being confined, I don't know, they, I think mm. probably they are also struggling with a lot of other things that we might not know of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think about? Because one of the knee-jerk reactions, right, was that the, the ministry started to put in a lot more counsellors in the schools, getting a lot more, um, uh, like, uh, health professionals, like mental health professionals to come in and provide support. So they're saying that they, they, they put in, like, a few hundred people for all the schools or something like that? Mm-hmm. I within think they're a short intending to put in. Uh, intending. intending to put yeah. in, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What what are your thoughts about that? Uh, well, well, I, I think I do. Okay, I think it depends on uh, which school it is, uh, partly, uh, because I think different schools have slightly different mental health needs. Uh, different schools also may have different uh, stress levels that the students mm. are coping with. Yeah, so, yeah. so I I think maybe sometimes not really the sheer number of counselors or mental health professionals you have in the school not the absolute number but how these uh, professionals are being uh, deployed and how their work is being managed la. yeah 
Yeah, I, I think that's something quite critical because I don't know if any of you read the, there was a CNA article that came out uh, about, uh, the title was uh, School Counseling is a Hit and Miss uh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it talked about that, yes. some of the limitations of school counseling. Uh, you know, if counselors uh, freely talk to teachers about, you know, what is shared in a session, then, you know, there's no confidentiality, students don't feel safe. Yeah. Uh, it goes around the school community that information that they share in the session has been leaked. Uh, then eventually you're going to have a situation where even those who need help will not seek help. Yeah. And of course, other things like, you know, the school counselor's office is beside the principal's office, for example. Yeah, something as logistical as this. Uh, and that, you know, that really doesn't help the utilization rate of the, of the counselors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think sometimes it's, 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 a, it's a bit more about how it's managed uh, rather than the, sh- the absolute number. I think numbers help, uh, but some of these systemic kind of issues are not ironed out, then you can you can put 10 counsellors in every school and the issues will still remain. Sure, yeah. yeah. I think I want to add on to Leland's point about systems. I think a lot of the focus is on mental health system, school system, mm social service system but also mm. another lack system is actually the parent system yeah it, exactly the children go home to their parents they sleep mm. there at night they wake there wake, wake up you know in the morning and all how many of these parents have at least some basic understanding of mental health issues mm. to have an open conversation you cannot just throw everything to the teachers to the counsellor to whoever you know as a parent i feel like you also need to take responsibility and know some of these and and help your child. Yeah. You don't just give birth and then pass the bucket to someone else. It's more than putting food on the table. It's more than whatever sending tuition class. Also have conversations um, yeah. with the children. I think that is also important. You know, in, in school, uh, we're always taught science, math, chemistry, biology, uh, social science. Uh, but who... But I don't recall everyone ever being taught, oh, uh... This is a this is what you call being sad, lonely, mm. you know, uh, happy, mm. rage, mm. Uh, anger. You know, these are what you do to keep calm, to calm yourself, to soothe yourself, to take care of yourself, yeah. or, or the ideas of self care. I don't recall being taught this in, in secondary school in J, in JC. I I, don't, I really don't. I I, I think now have like, to be to be fair have to like, the really to yeah. Now yeah yeah now it's it's in, it's in there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now it's called character and citizenship education, yeah. uh, which okay. is the all-encompassing uh, subject that you know you deal with social responsibility, you deal with VIA, you deal with you know emotional wellness, sexuality education, all comes sure, under this. Sure. Yeah. So I think now they do, uh, but again back to the idea of uh, systems lah. So uh, while it is in the curriculum, I think also it depends on who you get. To teach you that yeah. uh, and obviously there will be some teachers who are much more adept at teaching this than, than sure. others yeah. yeah so again the quality may vary as well yeah yeah so yeah but it's in there it's in there yeah apparently it's going to be beefed up some more so which is a good thing <laughs> <laughs> i i really wonder i really wonder because there is a difference between head knowledge and mm. heart knowledge you know, you, you can teach a, a subject, you can be able to re, re, get it in your in your mind, mm. 
Uh, and then there's also the other aspect of being able to fully understand it, fully feel the, the you know, like really experience the subject. Uh, yeah, that is a, is a very is a very different story of learning uh, and listening to maybe someone tell a story about someone who's lonely or disappointed. But it's really a different experience of being able to go through that ex- that that as well. In fact, this teaching of all these different faculties, right, um, exist in not just the the school teaching of it. It exists in all the other things that go on in school as well. For example, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. take part in a competition, in a sport sporting competition, and you mm-hmm. go through the training, you know, in you know, heart, sweat, and tears, and then you 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 don't win the competition, there's disappointment. There's already a, a, a teachable moment there mm-hmm. of being able to go through and really do the the linking between yeah, this is a this is a a, a valid you know uh, emotion that you feel yeah. after you yeah. put in so much hard work and you don't get the prize. Mm-hmm. Do do we actually go to the um the, the extent of wanting to use these life lessons for our kids mm, mm, yeah. yeah I really don't re- I don't really don't recall <laughs> anyone teaching me you know like you lose a competition now oh then how, what, is, what does good sportsmanship mean mm. what does you know uh, being able to experience and feel and make sense of disappointment what, mm. what that is I don't recall yeah. anyone talking to me yeah. about that yeah, yeah. actually that, that's an interesting point uh, because actually if you think about all these kind of life lessons right i think a lot of it happens outside the classroom a lot of it happens in the ccas yeah uh you know whether you play sport whether you are a uniform group and all that right absolutely yeah. so so in that sense uh you know if you listen to minister chan's speech in parliament that was one thing i was glad for because uh, i think he mentioned about how they were going to try and re reinstate ccas as as quickly as they can yeah uh, because they recognize that you know, this is CCA is when you know a lot of kids find an outlet for their emotions. Is where they yeah, you know yeah. really build bonds with their friends and they find social support. Um, so that was something I think we like quite glad for. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I I I was just thinking mm. about while we talk about such things and we have this privilege to talk about our true feelings, our thoughts, and our sentiments. I wonder mm. how many of such spaces there are in the society. Because I know sometimes in the Asian mm. society, sometimes we don't outrightly, openly share our feelings and thoughts because sometimes that's not considered very respectful at times mm. and we're not encouraged to, to talk about our feelings and thoughts. It, I mean, I was just remembering you know, when we were younger, it's like, don't cry, la, don't cry, la, everything is okay. But is really everything okay or not? Yeah, where do we, how do we create such spaces? How do we create that culture where we can just share things very freely? And just wanting this space to talk and just to banter with people. Even if you say something wrong, it's okay. Mm. You know what is wrong. You learn mm. why is it not so appropriate. And then we just be a bit more tolerant, be less judging mm. and, and create such conversations and space lah. I mean I was just thinking about it because I was just thinking when y'all were saying how then do I have such conversations with my kids because you know for FTGP for CCA they mm. talk about those coping skills they talk about emotions and I asked my boy do you, do you share he says no <laughs> because it's not something that they are used to <laughs> then I say then what, what do you do he said talk to y'all at home lah. Mm. so at home our our culture is it's okay to see everything at home. It's a safe space. Even if something that is rude is a nasty comment, it's okay to make it. 
but then we will explain to you why is it rude, why is it nasty, and why you shouldn't be talking about it again. What what is the consequence? Yeah, what is the yeah. impact? And mm. having that that kind of space that generates. So I think it can start from home. It can start with friends. It can start anywhere. But it's everyone having that kindness, you know, <laughs> and and tolerance. And mm. okay, I don't even know whether tolerance mm. is the right word or not. But it's just that compassion that we have for others. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a very interesting point uh, about having this space to be real. Yeah, because I, I think for a lot of young people, maybe not so much the primary school, maybe the older ones, secondary school, the adolescent age, right? Uh, I, I think because they are so, they're online so much uh, that I think it takes away some of their interaction with their friends. But but that's beside the point. But the, the other point is really about how when they are online, there's always this pressure to put this perfect self out there, right? You take 20 copies of the same photo in a slightly different pose, different angle, right? You must make it nice, nice. You know, you think about a caption, you think very long, you know, what, what caption should I put? You think three days, yeah. Uh, and But but online, the there is this ability for you to delete, right? You can delete uh, stuff, yeah. you know, uh, you can curate, uh, you can kind of put out this very perfect version of yourself. Uh, mm. and, and so maybe a lot of times for young people, they don't really, they may not have space to be vulnerable uh, with their peers or with adults. Uh, they may not have that, this, you know, they, the peers may not be accepting or the peers may not even feel comfortable, you know, dealing with a side of you that is not what you present on social media right yeah and so peers also may not know how to relate to some of the more vulnerable parts yeah mm. and, and so if people if young people find that you know i talk to my friends but they judge me and you know i can't really be my my true self and then over time even though they're putting out this very perfect self uh, but they feel more and more lonely uh, and they internalize a lot of their isolation and their so it's a, it's, a, it's a paradox about how we, we are so connected, but we are so alone. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just want to write on to um, what Leland shared about acceptance, right? And that safe space mm. to share. I really cannot remember his name or his designation, but there's this very big shot at DBS um, who actually came up and shared something about mental health issues that he experienced. Mm. Are you all familiar mm. with that? Right. I, I yeah, think he's the CEO, right? Uh. Priyash Gupta. Yeah, 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 he's a CEO. Yeah, yeah. So I I also don't know whether when like such a big shot come and share his mental health issues and Mm. all, right? Is it more easily accepted because, you know, he's a high flyer as compared to, Mm. you know, teenagers who share it, then people Mm. will be like, you know, yeah, I I also feel like the narrative and your own personal factors might also contribute to how much you be you, you will be accepted when you share mm. about this kind of mental health issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. just wanted to mm-hmm. be Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting point because uh, just last week, you also had Simone Biles, right? The yes, yes, that's right. Pulled out because citing mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, and how, maybe not for all people, but I think for some, it has somewhat shifted the conversation on mental health yeah. Uh, really, you know, if she can pull out of the Olympics that she trained five years for, uh, then you know, then maybe it's a good reminder for the rest of us to be taking care of our mental health as well. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that I think that was a really um, good reminder, a very stark reminder that uh, we we sometimes we have to prioritize mm. different things. Yeah. yeah, and and it's really one of those uh, training for the Olympics, uh, sports, and competition at that kind of level. It's mm. it's mind boggling, right? The amount of yeah. Emotional uh, stress and pressure they have to put yourself mm. through. I think just now I was sharing something about the, or wasn't even sharing something about the the the, the Olympic, mm. right? Yep. American Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And and we were talking about the mental health and th- their mental health and how we should be taking care of our mental health, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you think about Simone Biles, right? I I mean, if there's one person who you expect to kind of push through a mental health crisis, it will be someone like that, right? Because the stakes are so high. You lead the American team, you're expected to win the gold medal, and, you know, there's so much pressure. Yeah, but, you know, then she chose to she chose to take a break. Lah. Yeah, and, yeah. So, so I, I thought that was a, a really good um, kind of message also for the rest of the world, uh, mm. or people kind of watching, yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah. So 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 I think people were talking about how she was getting this thing called the twisties, right? I don't know whether you're red. Yes, the twisties. Yeah, so it's like this gymnast, this sim- syndrome that gymnasts experience, where they're under so much mental pressure that the mind kind of blanks out when they are flipping in the air, uh, and they cannot differentiate between whether they are facing the sky or they're face they are facing the floor, uh, and so there's always a chance you're gonna. S- land on your neck and you're gonna paralyze yourself yeah so i think that was also the context in which you know uh this uh, self-care or this mental health withdrawal was was about yeah i was just recalling what we were talking about all this i think i was just recalling about one new year resolution that i was i i tried to do (laughs) which i'm trying still um because i think we are all human we are not perfect so the New Year resolution that I told myself is try not to be judgmental. Even as a social service practitioner, no matter how hard, there's always parts of us judging. And I think it's raising that bit of self-awareness that I have. Catch myself and try not to judge and just give the person the benefit of a doubt and be kinder. Lah. So it's just something that I'm taking away with for myself tonight. What about you guys? Okay, I will connect with... Um what YY has said about um, judgment, right? I find that we are often very harsh on ourselves and we also extend that harshness onto other people and I feel like one way to like curb this cycle is to really be merciful towards yourself and to be compassionate towards yourself. Yeah, if only you can extend that graciousness to yourself, can it like outflow to other people and you can create that kind of caring community if not, well, I judge you, you judge me, you shout at me, I shout at you. It, it goes nowhere. Yeah, so you really have to be kind to yourself. Yeah, I know there's all those what singa campaigns last time uh, when I was a child well, to, to be gracious to people, but I really think it starts internally with yourself. Yeah, so I wanted to end with that. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I mean to add on to Ray's and E's point, right? Yeah, I think... Ah, uh, yeah, I... I in the aftermath, I, I, I think I saw a lot of messages uh, online about how, you know, supposedly the uh, the family has 
overcome their grief. Uh, you know, they have uh, been very compassionate towards others who visited them. Uh, and I'm, I admire that, uh, that if they are able in their grief to also console or comfort others, I think that's something very admirable. Uh, but perhaps as a society, we also should uh, allow time to do its work. Because I don't think healing comes uh, so quickly. I think in the aftermath of this kind of tragedy, sometimes the healing will never come. Uh, and it's just building up more pieces of normalcy that we can build up. Lah. Yeah, so really to give the family privacy and you know, allow time to do its work. Yeah. I feel like we need to pay a lot more attention to what our kids are going through in school and we need to pay attention to what we teach them and the life lessons that we teach them. We were talking about the, the teachable moments earlier and being able to see what is important. Sometimes academics, you know, uh, we have to examine what really works for the kids and sometimes academics may not be the best thing for them. Uh, learning has to be fun. And if you're going through school and you have to force yourself through a math or a science lesson, then these are not going to be fun for you and you're not going to learn very much. And life is just going to be really tough. So, I, I mean, I know math and science are essential skills, but if you, you're not just not going to learn it if you're not going to enjoy school very much and you have to force yourself to study. I'm sure there must be certain things that we can, you know, explore, certain things that must interest you, uh, a student, and that can be of value to the student. Okay. Shall we call it a okay. night? Yes. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for listening. Take Kindly care well. and have a good night's sleep. Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Good, good night. night. Bye. Bye.